Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Mike Chu, a physical therapist, certified dementia practitioner, and your alternative career coach. Welcome to our career healthcare podcasting show, where we talk about different ways to find your alternative career and achieve both work and financial freedom. So visit our website, drmikechua.com or alternativehealthcarecareers.com for more information. Again, thank you for watching and listening. Welcome to our show. Be awesome, be great, be excellent, ACG. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Bye-bye. Hello, my name is Dr. Reina Oliveira, and I am an occupational therapist and the owner of Telehealth OT Services based out of South Florida. One of the clients I was working with asked, can we work on teaching my child how to ride his bike? Even though it was something that I had never done before, knew that that was what was important to them and that's what we would work on. Simple practice made it super easy because they were able to on their tablet and take their tablet outside. We had no issues with connectivity, able to hear me, no problem, so that I can watch them and coach them along. Where to put dad's hands, help the child. All of a sudden, one day, the child just went off screen and all I could hear was screaming and I thought the child fell but in reality he was just jumping up for joy like saying he did it he did it they finally came back on camera I can see their smiles across the dad's face and because he finally learned how to ride his bike on his own simple practice has definitely made the entrepreneur process super simple. They live to the name. I am always recommending simple practice in the Facebook forums, especially the occupational therapy entrepreneurs forum. It's super easy to use. The customer service is amazing and it has everything you need all in one place. I think it's a great, great platform for occupational therapy entrepreneurs setting your own rules and being your own boss. Hello, hello, my Facebook friends. I was having some sort of technical difficulty there, but good evening, good evening, good evening, Alternative Healthcare Career Group. I think we are live now. I'm just looking at my cell phone. Don't you just love technology if it's working, right? Well, anyway, if you're watching live, please comment live, watching on the replay. Ladies and gentlemen, please comment replay. 
Hey, uh, we are like uh, freezing weather here. I got to put on my uh, special jacket right here. And uh, we're living here in Martin, Tennessee. And it's so cold. We got snow and everything. I didn't work today. I did some telehealth today. But it's just an amazing uh, time. Well, anyway, in the middle of crisis lies an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. Always remember that in the middle of crisis lies an opportunity. So with regards to that, we got some crisis right now, pandemic. We got that pandemic, right? I mean, you know, you know, we got the pandemic. So the vaccine was created, right? It's not perfect, but uh, at least it's working. It's they've developed some vaccine, right? They've developed some, uh, what do you call this, some protocol. People are washing their hands more. People are covering their mouths when they're sneezing and everything. So that's the opportunity there. In the middle of crisis lies an opportunity, right? And same thing with right now. We're snowed in, you know. I mean, Texas, they don't have power right now, right? Half of Texas, I believe. And then we're here in Tennessee, and we're all snowed in. And uh, in the middle of crisis again. We did telehealth, you know, because we can't, can't see the patient at home. So I started calling them, hey, I'm going to send you a Zoom link. Uh, can we do a video call and everything like that? And then, boom, we were able to, uh, it's not one-on-one. It's not the awesome, you know, some manual therapy. But at least we got some uh, some tr- units in, you know. I was able to educate them and stuff like that. So, like what I always say, in the middle of crisis, lies an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. I guess I am live. I see myself now in my cell phone. So, all right. So, tonight, we've got a special guest. Where did that go? There you go. Our topic for today is about gratitude, risk-taking, and about occupational therapy. I like that topic. I like the topic. Just those two words there or three words, gratitude, you know. Uh, you have you can have the the you know gratitude is like being thankful. We're gonna ask him, you know, what's that? If you are thankful in those little simple things in life, you're gonna be okay. If you're complaining about everything, well, you you you'll have a time moving forward. You you're gonna even have a hard time finding your alternative career because you don't even know how to be thankful with what you have right now. If you know you if you can't be trusted in the small things. You'll you'll have a hard time getting trusted with the big things. So grow where you're planted. So we're going to be asking our special guest for tonight about gratitude. And I like what the the next race or the next word that he said, risk-taking. Risk-taking. Sometimes we have to take the risk, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not asking you to jump a cliff, but if you need to jump a cliff with safety gears, like a parachute, you know, you want to do calculated risk. Calculated risk. Me going to the States... Learning a new language, riding a plane, you know, uh, bringing, just going by myself and my family not with me, that's a risk, but it's a calculated risk. So we're going to ask him, our special guest for tonight, and then obviously risk, gratitude, risk-taking, occupational therapy. So we're going to ask him, he's an occupational therapist. So uh, let's go ahead and read his bio. He's actually a pediatric OT, OT is occupational therapy, right? And who specializes in working with children with autism and their families. Oh, that's good. Not just working on the patient, working also on the family. And recently switched from direct patient care and started working at an EMR company called Simple Practice. So he's actually the, the an occupational therapist. Now he's working for a, a, 
uh, an EMR company. So he's called the Occupational Therapy Clinical Specialist. So we're going to ask him uh, how he transitioned from a clinical role to a non-clinical role. And a lot of our people in their group always asking, how can I move out? How can I move out? How can I get out? You know. So we're going to ask him that. So uh, right now he is, he said, he's happy to discuss his OT journey today and the risk taken and gratitude that got him where to to where he is today. So without further ado, let's bring in Michael Jankowski. How's it going, Mike? Here you go. Oh, there we go. Yes, this is Michael Jankowski. Michael, could you tell us where you at? Uh, what do you do? How do you transition? Teach us, man. Help us how to find our, how to be grateful and how to take risks, sir. Yeah, it's so great to see you, Mike. And I'm loving that intro. Thank you so much for that beautiful intro and the music. I am currently in Phoenix, Arizona. So we are not going through the cold weather that I know a lot of people are. I uh, hope everyone is staying safe out there. I know some people are without power. So stay safe, stay warm. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here today. But yeah, as the topic says, gratitude, risk-taking, and occupational therapy. I would love to just, yeah, get started and diving in, kind of talking about my OT experience and what those things mean to me and how I went from a clinical role, being a occupational therapist, a pediatric occupational therapist, a clinic an occupational therapy department director, a lead therapist, helping build a couple startup outpatient therapy clinics to currently working in a non-clinical role as the occupational therapy clinical specialist for simple practice. So I would, yeah, I would love to dive into that. Is there any place you would like us to get started in particular, Mike, or just go for it? Nothing really. I just, first, I just would like to ask you, so you're in Arizona. So yeah. are you married, dude? So I am. I am. And everything there? No kids, no kids yet. But uh, no, my wife and I have been been together for two years. So uh, yeah, two we're years. yeah we're we're out here, and uh, yeah, things are things are going well. We've we're both working from home, kind of due to the pandemic, and staying safe, and looking forward to uh, yeah, just continuing to to be safe. We're we're thankful our families have stayed healthy during this entire time. So uh, a lot to be grateful for. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, I like I like what you said. You know, working from home. So. Uh, so before you were working with kids, auti- autism, and you know direct patient care. So yeah. what decided you to to look for a, an alternative career, and uh, uh, you know what made you go out, you know, and, and do this? So yeah, share that experience? I would I would love to. Yeah, and and that's a great question. So a couple things I would say it was it, it was a mixture of I'll be completely honest. There was some burnout involved, and that's a topic that I've talk to other therapists about occupational therapists, physical therapists, speech therapists. And it's a topic I think we need to talk more about. In my experience, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but in my experience, that wasn't really talked about in OT school, in the OT school I went to. We talked about things that happen in your careers. And we talked about as you change roles and maybe move into a management position, but we didn't talk about topics like burnout. So when it happened to me, I know I personally started to panic and get worried a bit because I had a lot of questions. I was questioning, was that a reflection on whether I was a good enough therapist? Was that a reflection on how my career would continue as an occupational therapist? So that definitely caused me to do a lot of soul searching. But as time went on, I realized what brought me to OT in the beginning with, I wanted to have the biggest impact. I wanted to have the biggest impact in the communities I worked with and the people I worked with. I wanted 
their lives to be a little bit better as a result of me kind of humbly being a part of it. So I wanted to help them in therapy if I could provide some education, provide some empowerment so that ultimately their lives would be a little bit better. And I realized that I wanted to expand that reach. So I was extremely fortunate to work in communities in Hawaii, communities in Arizona, uh, and, and help those local communities grow. And I, I feel extremely fortunate for that. But as time goes on, I just wanted to have a bigger impact. And so I was thinking the next step for me would be to work for an EMR company. I have worked for three startup companies as an occupational therapist. So I knew what it was like picking an EMR for those companies. I knew what it was like, what we liked about EMRs, what we didn't like about EMRs as therapists. And I worked with physical therapists and speech therapists as well. So kind of got their insight as to what they liked and what they didn't like about EMRs. And I said, that's the next step for me. If I can get a job for an EMR company, that is going to allow me to have a bigger impact because I will be making decisions with the designers of the product. I will be making uh, decisions with the 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 uh, the teams that are reaching out and getting partnerships and affiliates. I'll be making decisions that will impact the OTs that we're interacting with and make it so they can continue to do their jobs and empower them. So I was extremely fortunate to find Simple Practice because their values align very much with mine in terms of empowerment and getting out of the way, giving people the tools so they can do their job, but letting them do what they do best, empowering them so that they can do what they need to do and then kind of taking taking a step back. So that therapist is able to shine, that clinician is able to shine. So oh wow. Oh wow. Did you mention about the word empowerment and then yeah. finding that solution. So did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? If you're still watching live, comment live, watching on a replay, comment replay. But I like what Michael Mike said there. So by the way, you know, the reason why his name is Michael is he's also good looking like me, too. So <laughs> I wish I could grow up here like that, man. So by the way, I'm hey, you're, you're rocking the glasses, Mike. I can't pull off glasses. You're looking good with those. There you go. So but I like what he said, ladies and gentlemen, if you are still watching, I like what he said about empowerment. Most of us here, we're like, me, 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 give me, give me, give me, give me. You know what? The only way for you to find your next level, your career, you want to find your alternative career, you got to plant that seed first, ladies and gentlemen. You got to learn how to plant that seed. You got to learn how to empower first. You know, just like right now, it's cold right now. You cannot just ask the fireplace to give you heat if you don't even put wood and start that fire in that fireplace. And you're asking, give me some more heat, heat. Same thing with empowerment, ladies and gentlemen. Same thing when you're trying to find that career, your alternative career. You cannot just ask them and go in, okay, how much do am I going to earn? How much am I going to Do I have benefits, PTO? No. You got to, you got to empower them first. Hey, this is what I'm going to do with your company. This is the solution I'm going to give to this company. And then in return, they will give you the best, you know, hopefully the best, right? I mean, sometimes it's not the best, you know, but you know, you give first before you could receive, you give first before you could receive it. Like what he, I like what he said, you know, empowering. So, uh, thank you very much, Michael, for pointing it out. So anyway, let's go back to the topic, you know, yeah. so, uh, could you help us how to be grateful and uh, and then how to take risk and stuff like that? I mean, is there a certain ma- mantra or or thing that you do, like a habit thing? Or, I mean, how, how does that work for you? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. So let me start with the gratitude part. So I think as time has gone on and I've been fortunate to live in different places, I've been fortunate to work with different populations. I've 
I've realized what kind of brings us all together and what unites us all. And I think that gratitude is one of those things. I know for me personally, I have had, uh, I've been fortunate to have very supportive people in my life personally and professionally in my growth and development. And I don't take that for granted. And I realize that not everyone is given that opportunity. Not everyone is is given that support they need to, to thrive and to shine. And so that gives me a lot to be thankful for and a lot I always have been. And, and I think back to my parents who supported my dream to be an occupational therapist. I'm from Pennsylvania originally. And once I graduated from OT school back in 2011, I flew across the US and across the Pacific Ocean to Hawaii. And I worked in Oahu. And I'll I'll talk about that more kind of in the risk-taking part. But I have a lot to be thankful for them giving me their support and blessing in that transition. And I've just worked with some great therapists, some great occupational therapists, some great physical therapists, and some great speech therapists. And I've been really fortunate for those, even if they haven't been in OTs, I worked with a speech therapist and she took me under her wing and she really taught me about feeding difficulties that can occur after a patient has a stroke because I was working in skilled nursing for a little bit. And I'm just extremely grateful for those opportunities, uh, grateful for those opportunities to learn from people who know more about that topic than I do, and just greater to learn so I can continue to be the best therapist around. And so every client, every patient I interact with is is kind of getting that optimum experience. But yeah, to me, it's like, it's it's always come back to just looking back in my occupational therapy career. I've been an OT for 10 years, just how much, how grateful I am for the things I've been able to do in that career the people I've been able to meet, the experiences I've been able to have, the things I've been able to learn, the places I've been able to travel uh, is is huge. But but to me, again, that it comes back to gratitude because I think that's something that we all have in common. And I think that if we look back at decisions people made to get us where we are in the sense, like maybe our parents made some sacrifices to support us or maybe our spouses, significant others, other family members, friends have kind of made sacrifices to to help propel us and advance us. That gives me a lot of reason to be grateful. And so I I look back at my occupational therapy career and in that order, the first thing that comes up is gratitude. First thing that has come up is gratitude. Gratitude for my family, gratitude for my parents, gratitude for my sister, gratitude for my professors and gratitude for my mentors I've had in the field and gratitude for the patients I've had because they've been truly some of the best teachers I've ever experienced. So yeah, to me, it all starts with that gratitude. And in that order, gratitude, risk-taking, and occupational therapy. But to me, it comes back to gratitude. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I like what uh, uh, he said here, here, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I mean, we, we've been talking about gratitude and being grateful and, and being thankful. He pointed out all these mentors that he had, ladies and gentlemen. He pointed all the mentors, you know, his, his parents to his coworkers, his speech therapist, his uh, his friend, and the patient itself. And if you don't know how to be thankful with all those little, not little things, so the people around you, you'll have a hard time looking at the good things. And I know we, we all we want to talk about being a realist, you know, but in life, it's if you're positive, <laughs> you're going to move on forward. If you're grateful and positive about life, you're going to have to move on forward. And like what he said, when your praises goes up, blessing comes down. Same thing with gratitude. Same thing with being grateful. If you're grateful, that's a that's praises there. When you're you're when you're grateful, when that praises goes up, the blessings comes back to you. I don't know if you notice, when you have a patient, when you see a patient ladies and gentlemen, 
and they and they say, Michael, thank you very much. It's just a feeling of like, oh gosh, I'm helping this person. And same thing with you. If if you go out and and write I, uh, every day, I write small letters to my girls, to my little girls, and I would say, hey, thank you, Anak, thank you, uh, daughter, thank you, wife, uh, for all the things that uh, you do for me. Little stuff like that. Be thankful. Be thankful. Thank you very much, Michael. All right, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about. Uh, I mean, you mentioned about risk taking, so. Uh, uh, could you share us what kind of risk have you taken lately? You know, yeah, I, I would be happy. And I want to I wanna kind of point out to a little caveat. Back on that gratitude part, um, I've taken risks that haven't panned out. I mean, I'm going to talk about some big risks I've taken in my career that have panned out. But I have taken risks that haven't panned out as well. And we could spend a lot of time talking about those risks I take that didn't pan out. And to me, I think it's important that Regardless, you take those safe, calculated risks, as as Mike was talking about at the beginning, moving to a place where you don't know anyone or uh, trying a career where it's just it's very intimidating, taking those risks, taking those calculated risks. And so I think that's really important. And there's def- in my opinion, there's a symbiotic relationship between that gratitude and that risk taking, because, again, it I'm fortunate. I've, I look back at the times I took a risk and they didn't play it out and I failed. And I look back at those times where I've taken a risk and a risk, and it's really propelled me forward. And I just have a lot of grateful, uh, a grateful, a lot of gratefulness for that. But the times that I've taken risks and I've failed have definitely just kind of kept me humble, but have told me that I'm I'm moving in the right direction too. So where to start with risks? Well, I kind of sum it up. I have some big risks that I took in my career to get me from my graduate degree, my master's degree in uh, science with emphasis in occupational therapy to passing my boards uh, to where I am now at simple practice. But I think the first big risk I kind of took was in my OT school journey. I loved going to OT school. I will be completely honest, it was difficult for me. I really enjoyed the concept I was learning, but all the things I was learning, the anatomy, the physiology, the psychology, the abnormal psychology, those classes were tough for me. I'll be completely honest. And so there was definitely times where I knew that I wanted to be an occupational therapist, but just looking at the logistics of getting through that schooling, I kind of asked myself, is this a risk you're willing to take? Because as you advance in your occupational therapy career, as you would, well, as you advance in your occupational therapy schooling, things are only going to get more difficult and you're going to have skills. So those skills are going to help you, but they're only going to get more difficult. And are you willing to take that risk to continue knowing that things are going to be more difficult. So that was one of the first risks I, I took. And that was a big risk for me. And I, I knew personally it was, I, it was the right decision to make because I wanted to be an occupational therapist and it panned out, but I'll be completely honest. That was a big risk for me. The, the second big risk I'm from a small town in central Pennsylvania. I'm currently in Arizona. I love Pennsylvania. I love the East coast. They're getting hammered with snow and cold weather out there as well. So I hope everyone out there is staying safe and staying warm uh, with this winter weather they're experiencing. I graduated. I was telling you this, Mike, before the show started. I graduated in 2011, studied for my NBCOT, my National Board for Certification of Occupational Therapy Examiners Board. Passed that, became the OTR, uh, which is what I wanted. And I set my sights big. I really went to school and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a certified hand therapist, but I really set my sights big. And I said, where is a place that at the time I was single, I said, where's a place that I would want to learn and grow and experience? And I really love the ocean. 
And growing up in the East Coast, I really loved going to the beach in the ocean with my family. And I'm like, okay, somewhere, somewhere on the West Coast and California kept getting up. And I said, you know what, let's set bigger. I said, where's, where's a place I never thought that, where's a place I would only dream about living? And it was Hawaii. And that came up. And I just remember kept on talking to recruiters, talking to headhunters, putting my resume out there. And everything was, nope, no positions, but we can get you a job in San Diego. We can get you a job in Los Angeles. We can get you a job in Pasadena, California. We can get you a job in San Francisco. And those were all great options, but I just, something told me to keep going. And so I kept putting my resume out there and I will never forget. It was a cold, wet night in October. It was raining 2011. I was out with my family passing recently, celebrating, celebrating recently passing my occupational therapy boards. And I got a phone call from someone I didn't recognize. And so this was before there was a lot of spam calls. So I, I said, I'm, I excused myself. I went to the bathroom and I picked it up. And it was a recruiter I was been talking to. He said, if you can be out here in three weeks, I have a job lined up for you on Honolulu, Hawaii. I said, yes, no, no pause in my step. I said, yes, this was my goal. Um, so I did that, confirmed some things. I ended the call. I stood there in the hallway and I'm like, this is going to be a huge risk. I've never been to Hawaii. I've never, I've traveled up and down the East coast pretty extensively. I've been to the West coast a couple of times, but I've never lived more than a couple hours away from my family. I've never lived in a place where I haven't been before or traveled. So like, this is going to be a huge risk, but this is what you wanted. You wanted Hawaii. You got Hawaii. You wanted to step outside your comfort zone. You're going to be doing that. You wanted to really set your size, set your sights high and set a big goal. And you're going to do that. And so I'm contemplating this. I walk back to my parents, got a little smile on my face. And they say, who was that? I said, I'm going to be living in Hawaii uh, in three weeks in a day. I will be there. I will be a Hawaii resident. And uh, my parents were just so supportive. And that gave me so much gratitude that they were supportive in that journey. And so I went home, finished up dinner with my family, went home, started packing things up, uh, packed up four suitcases, two with clothes, one with miscellaneous stuff. I love music. So I had some CDs in there, had, uh, had my MP3 player. And then uh, I love doing things outdoors. So, so one with uh, outdoor gear, with backpacks, hiking boots, and that type of thing. And I moved out to Hawaii. And I landed there, and my, my dad flew out with me. And uh, went, my dad was out there, and then my mom came out a couple of days after. And so I got to spend time with both my parents there, which was great. But they left after a week. Uh, they left on a Sunday evening, and I was starting work the next day on a Monday. I said, man, this is, this is crazy. I would not have thought growing up in a small town in Pennsylvania that this would have been possible for me. And I wanted it and now I had it and I was just blown away, but it was a huge risk. I rented an apartment sight unseen. Thankfully, some of the people I was working with were willing to go check out this place, but I was on Craigslist looking at apartments and they all wanted security deposits. I'm like, man, I I hope, hope my money ends up in the right hands. And I hope this isn't a, a scam or anything. And I had coworkers who were willing to vet the places for me. So I moved into this small studio apartment because living in Hawaii is not the cheapest. And uh, I started work, working in a sniff. And that was huge. That was a huge, 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 huge experience for me. And yeah, I, I just thinking about it now too, um, to where I've come today in my OT career, I just, I can't believe it. 
And I moved out there and I told my parents, I saw myself living in Hawaii. This was 2011. I saw myself living in Hawaii one, two years tops. One year passed and it felt like a week. Two years passed. And after two years, I'm like, I'm finally getting the, the lay of the land. I know my way around the island. I, I have some good friendships. Um, I know, have some, just just know, know what I, I like to do around here. Like I need some more time. So that one to two years ended, turned into five. And I was there and I just loved that experience. I absolutely loved that experience. And it was so great for me too. I get to experience a lot of things. I got to experience living in, uh, experiencing different cultures than, than I had grown up with and living in a city because I was from a small town. I was living in the city. And so those were two really unique experiences. So that was kind of the, the first big risk I had taken in my career. And now the next thing, the next thing too, and it to me, it's kind of looking back, it's funny how just life happens, if you will. It's funny how these things unravel. And it's funny how, it's just funny how things work out um, in a good way, in a good way. But I had gone to occupational therapy skill at school, pretty confident I was going to sit for the CHT, the certified hand therapist exam. So my master's uh, thesis was looking at functional forearm rotation. And I was working in a skilled nursing facility in Hawaii. And I said, this is going to be what I'm going to do. I'm going to work in the skilled nursing facility while I'm studying for the certified hand therapist exam. And I'm also going to be looking for mentorship opportunities. Well, there was just a big learning curve, a big learning curve to being an occupational therapist in the field out of OT school and working for the first time and then working with that skilled nursing facility population and learning about the diagnoses and how to best work with that population, how to best serve them. I was having lunch with a speech therapist, um, a good friend of mine, Natalie, and we're just having lunch one day. She was working at the skilled nursing facility too. And I said to her, I said, how was your weekend? We were just catching up. And she said, it was really cool. She said, I did the coolest thing, Mike. And I said, what'd you do? She says, I have a friend who's an occupational therapist who is opening a pediatric occupational therapy sensory integration clinic. I was like, wait, a what? I'm like, I pediatric kids, occupational therapy, know that sensory integration, what is that? And she explained to me what she did. She explained to me how she was helping set up this clinic and they were installing swings. They were installing monkey bars. They were installing a crash pad and a zip line and a ball pit. I said, that sounds awesome. And I said, can I get your friend's contact information? I would just love to peek my head in as an occupational therapist. And so Natalie gave me this occupational therapist contact information. And I just called her and I said, Hey, I would just love to shadow for a day. I work in skilled nursing, but I would love to learn more about this. And I remember going there and seeing how I, I sat down in my first inter introduction to pediatric occupational therapy is this clinic owner was working with a child. He was seven years old. He had autism and she was teaching him how to tie his shoes, but it wasn't just cross this lace over this lace, loop this around. No, it was, they were singing, they were dancing. She was incorporating sensory inputs. They were making games out of it. I'm like, this is awesome. And so I shadowed for five hours that, that Saturday. And I remember driving home from there and I thought it would just be a one-off. I thought it would be just one thing. I, one thing I did and, and good to get the experience, good to observe, but I would just continue back. And I, I remember driving home and I'm like, I think this might be my calling in occupational therapy. Like I wanted to be a hand therapist, but I think this might be my calling. And so I reflected on it. What's that? Was that in Hawaii too? Yeah, that was in Hawaii. Yeah, that was in Hawaii. And, and I, I'm like, I think this might be my calling. I think this might be my calling to be a pediatric occupational therapist. 
And so I took some time to reflect on it. And I said, okay, I mean, this could go, uh, this could, uh, yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, I said, this could go in a couple different ways. And, and if I do this, if I pursue pediatric occupational therapy, I'm saying bye to that initial goal I had of being a certified hand therapist. And so I made that decision and I said, the only way to do this is to go all in because there's so much I have to learn about the pediatric population, sensory integration and all those techniques. So I called up that clinic owner a couple of days later and I said, if I don't have experience in pediatrics, I'm going to be completely honest, but I'm going to take a risk out here and say, if you're willing to mentor me, I will commit myself to this job. I will commit myself to growing and being that you're a startup. I will help to grow this therapy clinic. And thankfully she said, yes. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a, a huge step. But those are I got a couple more risks I love to talk on. But th- yeah, those were the first two. So that initial, well, first three, continuing with occupational therapy school when it was tough, moving uh, to Hawaii and doing taking the risk, taking a jump into pediatrics when I thought I was destined to be a hand therapist, and uh, quickly tried pediatric occupational therapy and fell in love with it. All right. Well, that's a great uh, story about risk taking. But before. Yeah. We keep on taking risks. We will just show this video real quick and we'll be back in a few seconds. Yeah. Hello, my name is Dr. Reina Oliveira and I am an occupational therapist and the owner of Telehealth OT Services based out of South Florida. One of the clients I was working with asked, can we work on teaching my child how to ride his bike? Even though it was something that I had never done before, I knew that that was what was important to them and that's what we were going to work on. Simple practice made it super easy because they were able to connect on their tablet and take their tablet outside. We had no issues with connectivity. They're able to hear me, no problem, so that I can watch them and coach them along where to put dad's hands, how to help the child. All of a sudden, one day, the child just went off screen and all I could hear was dad screaming. And I thought the child fell, but in reality, he was just jumping up for joy, like saying, he did it, he did it. They finally came back on camera. I can see their smiles across the dad's face and the boy's face because he'd finally learn how to ride his bike on his own. Simple practice has definitely made the entrepreneur process super simple. They live to the name. I am always recommending simple practice in the Facebook forums, especially the occupational therapy entrepreneurs forum. It's super easy to use. The customer service is amazing and it has everything you need all in one place. I think it's a great, great platform for occupational therapy entrepreneurs, setting your own rules and being your own boss. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, in the Alternative Healthcare Career Group, wherein we help you find your alternative career, and that is Simple Practice. Check their website out, simplepractice.com slash Mike dash j uh right now we are interviewing uh mike jankowski jankowski i hope i'm saying that right you know i, I used to watch a show or a t- a cartoon uh named nick butowski 
Every time I hear a uh, last name, Jen, Jen, Jenkowski, I remember that show. Nick Bukowski is like a rocker, you know, like a skateboarder. Like he does, he does everything. So it's like a cartoon. So, uh, yeah, we are interviewing him right now, you know, asking him about, you know, gratitude, risk-taking and occupational therapy. And I like what he was talking about, you know, while he was talking about risk-taking. He said about the risk that he took before, some panned out, some didn't. And it doesn't matter how many times you failed or fallen, ladies and gentlemen. What matters is how many times you get up and do this all over again. And I'm sure he's got lots of failures, and I'm sure he's got lots of wins. And it's all about math. It's all about the 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 that ratio. The more shots you make, the more scores that you get. You know? I mean, look at Michael Jordan. He's like... Probably, I don't know, a million, whatever, million shoot off that ball. And then probably, you know, I don't know, 50%, 80%. I'm spitting. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, another thing he said, you know, he took the risk of going to Hawaii. Don't even know anybody there. Send money to some scammers there, right? And, it, and sometimes you just have to take that risk. But, of course, do your part. Do your due diligence, right? And he said here, that five years felt like it was just weeks. If you really like what you're doing, ladies and gentlemen, you're not, you realize, oh gosh, it's so fast. It's so quick. No, here in the States, I feel like I'm just still new here. I'm still learning the language. I'm still learning what uh, uh, Charlie Horses means. I'm still learning what uh, raining cats and dogs. I'm still lear learning, you know, it's a piece of cake. But I feel like I'm new here. And I just realized, me and my wife was like, we've been here for 10 years already. I feel like we're still, you know, I feel like it is just yesterday that we came here. Because we love what we're doing. I like what we're doing. And like what uh, I like what he said here, getting out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you just have to get out that comfort zone. Our comfort zone could be like Mike, you know, in Pennsylvania. We're here. We're like, oh, this is my comfort zone. I don't want to get out. It's cold. You know, sometimes you just have to get out and take the risk. You know, there's this story in the Bible. I don't know. It's between Genesis and, and Revelations, okay? And he's in the boat. I don't know which disciple that is. And then he's inside the boat, right? And then he saw Jesus there, there, right there walking on water. This is a true story, according to the Bible, right? He's inside the boat, and he wanted to walk on water too. And the only way for him to get out, to be able to walk on water he has to get out that boat. That boat is the comfort zone. And during that time, it was raining hard, they said, you know, in the Bible. So he got out of the, of the boat, and he also started walking on water. And sometimes you have to get out of the boat. I'm fresh off the boat, right? But you know what I mean. You got to get out. Take the risk, just like what Mike did. He, took, he got out of Pennsylvania and traveled. And up until now, I'm, he was doing five years of... Uh, of a nursing home, and then he went to that uh, pediatric clinic, and he's still learning. That's the key there, ladies and gentlemen. Keep learning. Keep learning. So we're going to bring back uh, uh, Michael Jankowski. There you go. Uh, so, Mike, uh, let me ask you a question, man. So yeah. After being the pediatric OT and everything, uh, what else did you do, man? <laughs> no, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. So... Yeah, I mean, to continue along that journey. So here I am in Hawaii. I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, I have this opportunity. 
to learn from pediatrics and have someone who's really knowledgeable in the field take me under the wing. So I took a risk. I said, I did thought, I thought I wanted to be a hand therapist, but no, I, I want to be a pediatric occupational therapist. And so all that time energy I invested in looking at hand therapy, I mean, it wasn't wasted, but I realized I was going to have to shift my focus and shift my learning. So I was extremely fortunate to have that situation. And so I continued to, to do that. And just as time changed, I moved and I ended up in Arizona, which is where I am now. And uh, another, the, the big risk I took before my risk to reach out to simple practice, which I really want to point out is I was, once I, I just fell in love with pediatric OT. And so I was taking all the courses I could, all the continuing education to bring myself up to speed about things with autism, sensory integration, the DIR floor time model, interactive metronome, integrated listening system. Uh, just all those modalities, all those ways I could be effective with the pediatric population. And so here I am in Arizona and I'm given an opportunity. I'm reached out to uh, some people had reached out to me who I'd worked with before at a clinic. And they said, Hey, we are starting a clinic from the scratch. We have a building secured, but we want this clinic to be the best in the area that's going to offer occupational therapy and speech therapy initially and, and eventually physical therapy. Will you run that occupational therapy department? Will you build that occupational therapy department? Will you be the go-to OT building these things up? I had never been in that role before. I had always, I had been in management positions before. I'd been in lead therapist positions before, but I had never been in a position where I was the go-to OT. And so I took some time to think about that because I obviously wanted to do a good job. And I knew that was a, a, a big, uh, it was going to be a big undertaking. And I talked it over with my wife and we took some time to think and reflect. And I said, this is the next risk I have to take. This is the next risk to to advance my OT career and to go to the next level. And so I was fortunate to do that. I was fortunate to work for the startup therapy clinic and help build that therapy department, that occupational therapy department, work closely with the speech therapist as she built that speech therapy department. And so that was the, the next big risk I took in my life. And, and the, the most recent big risk is, is I'm working in that position. I, I love the work I'm doing. But as I said, I was feeling a little burned out to be completely transparent. And I just wanted to think bigger. What are ways I can have a bigger impact? So I said, here's Simple Practice, an EMR company that their values align with mine. They are very transparent. They are very open. And they're very about supporting therapists. They really want to support that entrepreneurial mindset. And working for that startup therapy clinic, I knew a thing or two about that entrepreneurial mindset and that behind the scenes business work that went with running a clinic. So I went to simplepractice.com, typed in that link. They didn't have simplepractice.com slash Mike J yet because I wasn't there. So I went to simplepractice.com. I typed in that link and I went to the careers page and I did not see anything listed that said my qualifications. And I said, okay, well, if I really want this position, which I do, I can't wait until something pops up that says we're looking for an OT. I'm going to have to market myself. And it was definitely taking a step out of my comfort zone and taking a risk because that's not something I learned to do with OT school. And that's just not something I was used to. So I took time to draft my resume and cover letter. And I believe it was careers at simplepractice.com or info at simple practice. And I just sent an email. I said, Hey, my name is Mike. And this is my background as an occupational therapist, but I did some research and I looked on some articles on LinkedIn and they said, don't just repeat your resume and your cover letter, let your cover letter build those gaps. So my resume had my qualifications, my background, my education, my work experience, but my cover letter was building that gap. Here's how those skills would benefit simple practice. 
here's my background as an occupational therapist. Here's my background as working with entrepreneurs in the healthcare space. Here's my background as someone who's worked with multiple EMRs. And then that cover letter was how to bridge those gaps. Here's how that would be beneficial for simple practice. And so I sent out this cold email and I waited and I waited and I got it. I got an email back and they said, we think we have someone who would love to talk to you about this. And I said, yes. And I, and I was telling myself, I just wanted to talk to someone, even if I talked to them and they said, thank you for your time, but we don't think this is going anywhere. That was a risk I had to take, but I just, I wanted to start that communication. I needed to, to start that initial interaction. And so I talked to someone and that led to an interview and that interview led to another interview. And then that led to another interview. And as this was happening, I was just besides myself. I was extremely excited and happy. And I said, I can't believe this is happening right now. I, I took a huge risk putting myself out there. They could have easily just not responded to my email. They could have responded to my email and said, no, thank you. I could have interviewed and they could have said, no, thank you. But that's not what happened. I, I kept knocking at the door, if you will, and the doors kept opening. And that it all came to a fruition. I was offered that position. And in October of 2020, in the middle of everything that's going on, I was able to switch to simple practice, become their occupational therapy clinical specialist. And it's crazy for me just to think about. It's crazy for me to talk about just because I, I look at all those things that had to line up to get there. But I look at all the risks that I had to take to get there. And if I didn't take those risks, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be at simple practice. If I didn't take that risk to move to Hawaii, if I didn't take that risk to focus on pediatrics, if I didn't take that risk to start up a therapy clinic, I wouldn't have made it to where I am today. And, and so I don't take that for granted. I, I feel a lot of gratitude and thankfulness for that. Uh, but the thing I, I love is, is every day I'm working with people who are passionate about helping therapists. I'm working with people who want to support therapists so they can do their job, be it an occupational therapist, be it a mental health therapist, be it a marriage and family therapist, be it a physical therapist, be it a speech therapist, be it an ABA therapist. I'm working with people every day who want to empower these people because we know how important their work is in the community and we know how important uh, they're, they're needed. They're always needed, but especially now with things that are going on, they're needed extremely. And especially with telehealth, uh, due to COVID, due to weather restrictions, uh, just seeing simple practice be ready for that. Having this this ready to go telehealth platform has just been amazing. Uh, but I, I love, I, I'm extremely fortunate every day to get to work with people. And our goal all comes back to helping those therapists because we know the work they do is so important and we want to give them the tools so they can be a successful, um, successful and, and help and heal in their community. Oh, wow. Amazing. Well, I love that. Well, if you are listening, ladies and gentlemen, I'm writing stuff down. Sometimes you got to write things down. Not, not sometimes. All the time, ladies and gentlemen, I have this uh, book here, uh, a journal here. I have a journal and uh, in the morning it, it asked me the gratitude. You know, what are you grateful for today? Stuff like that. It's a lot. And I write things down here. So same thing when I'm talking to someone, I write things down. And I like what uh, Mike said there. What will be your new risk? What will be the new risk? In, 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 in the risk, the word risk in the hospital or in the nursing home or in the clinic, it's bad, right? But in self-development, risk is actually good. <laughs> Why? Because what will be your the new adventure? In the hospital, you don't want you got that risk assessment tool, stuff like that. We don't want that, right? But in self-development field, 
there's what you call the risk uh, adventure tool. So RATE, risk assessment tool in the hospital and risk adventure tool in self-development. And I like what he said. There was no job. There was no job in simple practice. But you know what he did? He created the job. Same thing with you, ladies and gentlemen. You may not, all of us here in the group, like, oh, this is my plan, blah, 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 blah. I wish I had there's this. You've already written your job description. And all you need to do is just implement it. Find what, like what Mike said, find a company that aligns your values and your passion and your purpose, and the profit will follow. And that's what he had. He created the job. And he said he called email. He emailed them. You know, you know what called email is? You said, he said emails. And then he, I mean, his resume is the same, but those, uh, what you always say, intro letter or cover letter, that will be the one that will fill the gaps of your stories there. Because I don't really read the resume when I, I, I we do recruitment too. I read those letters that, oh, this is a fancy letter. You know, it's addressed to me. It's addressed to me. Michael Chua, Dr. Mike Chua, not hello, hiring manager. No, it needs to be personalized. It's like if, if I see hello, hiring manager, I'm like, he didn't even research the, the company. So that's what he did. He created the job. He emailed. And you know what he said? He said three words, waited, waited, and waited. You got to wait sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. Most of us here in, 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 the, in the therapy field, we're like, we're so impatient because we're so used to getting everything instantly. We're on that microwave generation. But sometimes you got to wait. You got to plant that seed. When you plant a seed, when you plant that seed, ladies and gentlemen, you don't go in and dig in, oh, are you growing? Is that root coming out? No. And then you put that soil back? No. You plant that seed, you wait. He said three words, that three times. He waited and waited and waited. Who could have said more? Waited and waited and waited, waited, waited. You know, when, you, when you're waiting, you got to water that seed, ladies and gentlemen. Put some sunshine on it. And that's what he did. He waited. He planted that seed. He cold emailed. He planted that seed. He waited. He watered it. He communicated. Well, guess what? Did he ask? I'm going to, we're going to ask it. Did he ask some salary immediately? No. He planted that seed and nurtured that relationship. And then from then on, then you can, you will find the alternative career. Let's go ahead and bring back uh, Mike again. Mike, uh, I'm going to ask you this last crazy question, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, go for it. What time zone are you at? Central to in Arizona? No, I'm in Mountain Standard Time. So I, I'm an hour behind you in Central. So Okay, so you're still early. So uh, you're still, still early. early. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, well, uh, I'm going to ask you this. What is your biggest challenge uh, and then how did you turn this around? What is your biggest challenge and how did you turn this around to your advantage? Oh, man, Mike, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. I'll be honest. I, I think, again, I could I could easily talk double, triple the time of the risks I take that didn't pan out. But I think the biggest challenge was knowing that when I was taking risks, that there is a chance of failure and still choosing to move forward with that. Knowing that I could have moved out to Hawaii and I could have had a bad experience at my work. I could have not been able to network and make friends. And that would have made that situation difficult. I could have taken the plunge into pediatric occupational therapy and a month or so into it said, you know what, actually change a thought. This isn't for me. And it was going to be hard for me to get back on track to become a hand therapist. 
I could have said yes to starting that uh, startup therapy clinic and that clinic could not have been successful. We could have had to shut our doors. We could have not been a, uh, a company that was having an impact in the community. I could have reached out to simple practice and not have heard anything. And I think the biggest, yeah, that biggest challenge has been realizing that, but choosing to move forward. Um, you, you don't want to, you don't want to have your head in the sand. You don't want to be pretend that those things don't exist because those are very real possibilities. Moving to a place where you don't know anyone, there is some risk involved. Uh, taking on a new adventure that you don't have the, that you don't necessarily have a background in, there is risk involved and, and things cannot always pan out, but you need to know that you need to be aware with that. But I personally feel you still need to move forward and you need to realize that you're not going to get anywhere if you're not willing to take that risk. You're going to be exactly in the same place. So if you say, hey, here's a position I want to apply for. I don't seek all the qualifications. Uh, so therefore, I'm not going to apply. You're going to be in the same position. If you say there's a place I want to go, they don't offer any positions that look for me. So I'm not going to reach out and try to network. You're going to be in the exact same place. And so to me, I think that that biggest challenge there is knowing that you're going to take risks. There is a chance it could not pan out. Who knows if it's 50-50 or 70-30, 60-40, who knows what that percentage is, but there is a chance that it could not pan out. And it's saying, I acknowledge that, yet I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this goes in my favor, and I'm still going to choose to make that risk. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Thank you very much for sharing that. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen. I always ask that same question, and it's almost the same. 99.9% of the time, ladies and gentlemen, when I ask that question, they'll be like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, Michael, that's a great question. And you'd think they don't know the answer, but actually they know the answer because this winners, the people that we interview are winners, ladies and gentlemen, right? And those failures, they, they turn it into successes. Those setbacks, they treat it as, as a stepping stone. Those stumbling blocks, they treat it as a stepping step, whatever you call that, stepping step to step up. So I like what uh, he said here. There's always a chance of failure. Ladies and gentlemen, there's always a chance. Of, you are going to fail. Let's face it. You are going to fail. Regardless if you don't take to action or not. So might as well do it, right? You might as well do it. And I like what he said here. Expecting difficulties. It will be difficult, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing is easy. If it was easy moving to Hawaii, everybody would be doing it. If it was easy going to the States, everybody would be doing it. Well, of course, I mean, some people are doing it illegally, but you know what I mean. So it is going to be hard. It's difficult. And here's the thing that uh, I liked here. There are two types of fear you know, when you're taking the risk. Fear of failure and fear of success. What if we fail or what if we succeed and not expect? Might as well do it, ladies and gentlemen. You know, just like Michael Jordan said, just do it. And he said here, realizing and choosing to move forward. What are you going to do today, ladies and gentlemen? Are you just going to stay put there or you want to move on forward? Irregardless, if you stay put and you move on forward, you're going to fail anyway. Might as well do it. Do it again and again and again until you succeed. Well, of course, when you do it again, you got to learn how to adapt and adjust. And that's what Michael is doing. He's adapting, he's adjusting his stuff. And the, the, again, the word adventure, he said it again. You got to be adventurous, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't have that spirit of, you know, being adventurous, you're going to have a hard time finding an alternative career. Why? Because when you're finding the alternative career, you got to be creative. 
people who are creative, OT, PT, speech, PTA, you got to be creative. Even when you're treating a patient, whether it's geriatric to pediatric, you got to be creative. You got to be adventurous. If you're like, okay, let's just put them in new step. And that's it, what you're doing. You're not being creative. You got to be creative and adventurous. You know, if you want them to put in the new step or put them up, Put a new step, put some TV on, put some Google Maps on so at least they're moving. You got to be adventurous. You got to be, you know, and stuff like that. And then he says here, there's always a risk involved. I keep on saying that. There's always a risk. So might as well take the risk. And last but not least here, you are going to be at the same place if you don't do it now. <laughs> simple English, right? Like simple practice. It's very simple. You are going to be at the same place if you don't move forward. Very simple, but so practical. It's so practical, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to be in the same place right now if you don't move forward. Just like me. I'm, I'm going to be sitting here if I don't go downstairs and eat dinner, right? And that's what Michael is telling here, ladies and gentlemen. You just have to keep moving forward. Let's go ahead and bring him back. I know uh, it's uh, we're almost done. But, uh, Mike, uh, where can we reach you? Uh, what's your email? If you're com comfortable sharing your email, I'm going to show up your website here. Uh, where can we reach you? You have a website, uh, email, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. So Yeah, yeah. That, no, I appreciate it. And, and, yeah, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Michael Jankowski. That's uh, J-A-N-K-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, that's the, the link to Simple Practice right there. If you just do Mike, M-I-K-E, at Simple Practice, uh, simplepractice.com, you can reach me there. I'll actually go ahead after we're done. I'll drop my email in the comments so people can, can reach out to me. And happy to talk. I've had some people reach out to me on LinkedIn, just curious about my story as an OT. And I'm happy to talk because I believe that, I again, I, I look for from my perspective and the mentors I've had in the field and, and how grateful I am for those mentors. And I want to just uh, continue to pay it forward and, and uh, people have really helped me. I want to try to do that. So if you have questions, want to know more about my journey, want to know more about why I love simple practice, why I love what I do, I'm happy to talk about that. So I'll make sure to put my email in the comments to this, but yeah, Mike at simple practice. Oh, Mike's on it. Mike's on it. So uh, that's that's my email. And yeah, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can email me there. All right. Well, uh, any last parting wisdom for our audience, Mike? Hey, stay safe, stay warm. And uh, just I, I'm going to leave with a quote that uh, I, I had uh, had from a college professor. Tell the people around you that you love and care about that you love and care about them because uh, life life happens. So those that you love and care about them, uh, let, let them know that you love and care about them and uh, stay safe. And uh, I'm just thankful to be here, Mike. I, I truly appreciate you having me. This has been a blast. And uh, I, I'm really glad we've got to, gotten this time to connect. All right. Well, again, thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate you. Hey, check his website out, simplepractice.com. Sim, where did that go? <laughs> simplepractice.com slash uh, uh, Mike. That dash j oh slash j oh gosh i'm running out of english mike uh check it out and his email is mike at simplepractice.com again thank you very much alternative career group uh, appreciate you but before i let you go ladies and gentlemen always remember the word fast f a s t letter f 
Find friends that will push you to your next level because you are the average of the five people you hang out with. Who are you hang out with today? I hang out with an awesome person called named Michael Denkowski. Talking about gratitude, risk-taking, occupational therapy, right? So F, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, you gotta be specific. You gotta be intentional because if you're not, you're gonna you're just gonna be a wandering generality. You gotta be specific and meaningful, right? And what you know what the next letter of the word fast is letter A. Like this. You got to take action. All this stuff that we're doing is not going to do me good. It's not even going to do Michael good. If you don't take action, go reach out to him. His email is mike at simplepractice.com. It's it's simple practice, right? So letter A, take action. And let, you know what the next letter on the word fast is letter S. Shoot for the moon. Why? If you keep shooting for the moon, you're going to miss it. You're going to be landing with the stars. You're going to fail. I'm saying you now. You got to accept the fact that you're going to fail. But it doesn't matter how many times you failed or fallen or got sick or whatever. What matters is how many times you get up. What matters is how many times you adjust and adapt to the situation so you could reach that next level like simple practice, right? You know what the next letter on the word fast is letter T. Letter T. Is teach it. Why? Because when you hear it, you forget. When you see it, you remember. But when you're actually teaching it, you're actually understanding it more. Less like Michael's doing. He's teaching us how to look at uh, what need to be grateful in our life and risk-taking and everything. So, yep. Again, thank you very much. I appreciate you. We will see you again. Be awesome. Be great. Be excellent. And we will see you next week, my Facebook friends. I hope you enjoyed the show. Check out our website at drmikechua.com or alternativehealthcarecareers.com for more information. Again, ACG, be awesome, be great, be excellent. Thank you and hope to see you on our next episode. Goodbye.